that, if you could, please. Luke chapter number 3, starting at verse number 16. We're only going to read this one verse of Scripture. And the Bible says, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I want to preach on this evening, on this Pentecost Sunday, on this simple subject, the fire of God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for your sweet spirit that we fill in this house. Now, God, I pray that you will move in this place, move upon every heart, move upon every believer. God, I speak against any spirit of hindrance, but Lord, let your word go forth. I know that it will not return void. God, this is your church. We are your people. These are your sheep, and I am your vessel. Help me, Lord, to speak every word that is intended. I pray that my flesh will not get in the way. In Jesus' name that we pray, everybody say amen. If you're ready to receive the word, lay your Bibles to the side, clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Presence of the Lord. You know, in Revelation chapter number 13, it speaks of the Antichrist. It's important for all of us to understand that the Antichrist is real. Now, now the New Testament speaks of the Antichrist spirit, and then it speaks also of the Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist is prevalent now. Now, it's been prevalent for a long time. The scripture highlights that it says that the antichrist the spirit of the antichrist is prevalent now and so we know that that has been around and has been here for quite some time but the antichrist the one that is going to be possessed by the devil the one that's going to be used by him he's going to be guided by the enemy by satan himself is the Antichrist, and he is going to reveal himself at a particular time. And so it is important for us to understand because I believe that the Antichrist is alive right now. I believe he is not going to be born here over the next two or three years. No, he's alive now, and I believe he is up in age. And so he is prevalent right now. He's just waiting on the right time to be revealed. So the Antichrist is around, and we must understand this as we go to Revelation chapter 13, starting at verse number 16, because he will do this, and he, the Antichrist, causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, until recent times, we as people didn't really understand how this prophecy could possibly come to pass. There was simply no way that anyone could control the buying and selling activity on such a large scale. 
Not until today, global governments and corporations have nearly completed their control grid, making it possible for them to track and control all of your financial transactions. Modern technology has created a brave new electronic world without borders. With modern computer technology, with satellites, with GPS systems, with biometric and smart card technology, people can now be tracked within three feet anywhere in the world. I want you to know that if the government wanted to find you, they can find you. <laughs> don't, don't think you can hide. They can find you. Our individual and national rights and freedoms are being systematically destroyed in the name of globalization, unity, peace, and security. It seems only a matter of time before they slam the door shut and require people to have some form of ID when buying and selling. You know you already have to have a certain ID in order to fly. Some of you maybe updated your license. I went to get my license updated. They said, you don't have a real ID. I picked it up and looked at it. I said, this has been working for me for the last 10 years. What do you mean? It's not a real ID. No, you need a real ID. I said, well, what's a real ID? Well, you won't be able to fly without a real ID. I said, well, what's wrong with my ID? They didn't like all my questions. I was just trying to find out why do I have a fake ID? It's real. It's true. And so I, 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 I'm, I, 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 I'm just not sure how the mark will be imprinted on the hand or the forehead. All, I, I, I'm not saying everything I just described here will necessarily become the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast, my friend, will not sneak up on you. It's not going to be something like, oh, I got the mark. It's not like that. Many people are saying that the coronavirus COVID shot was the mark of the beast. It's not like that. That was foolishness. They didn't understand scripture. People that were putting that out there. The mark of the beast won't just sneak up on you like it's a vaccine and something they just put in you. Then all of a sudden, oh, I, I've got the mark and didn't even realize it. No, you're going to have a choice, my friend, whether you're going to accept it or not accept it. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying and warning the church about is, is that whatever the mark of the beast turns out to be and however it is implemented, you are being prepared today to accept it without question. As the infrastructure is being constructed all around us to make it possible, your movements and access to resources are now being controlled. And in many cases, citizens are being deprived of their constitutional rights in the name of safety and security. The architecture of oppression is appearing all around us. And I don't want this church for one moment. I don't want SCC for one moment to think for one minute. We are going back to normal. Because since the shutdown in 2020, our world has changed. People have changed. And our approach to church, our approach to the way of living must change. We cannot go through motions anymore when it comes to our walk in life. We have heard many people and preachers stand up here over the decades say we cannot go through the motions in church. I'm telling you, you can't go through the motions in life. 
Because everything has to change. Our approach to everything must change. Your spiritual senses have to be keen more than ever. You have to be spiritually aware of what's taking place around you. You will end up walking into something that you never thought you would walk into. All because you are not aware. I am challenging us as a body of Christ because I just had a meeting this morning, even with our uh, bus ministry team. We were just excited and talking about new ideas. Why? Because we must challenge ourselves the way we approach things when it comes to the house of God. We cannot think that we can just go through mundane motions and just expect things just to happen and take place when there's a real spiritual war and battle taking place all around us. That's why I've been taking the time on Wednesday evenings to teach on spiritual warfare. Why? Because we must understand that there's a different approach that we have to take in this day. I thank the Lord because today I was looking around the prayer room and there were many people for the first time that I haven't seen in a long time in the prayer room. Why? I just believe within my heart that they have a mindset that says I got to take a different approach. There's something different I need to change in my life. There's something different I need to make happen. So I'm going to do something different in order for the different to happen. Now, on the same hand, I can count on my hand how many people under the age of 30 were in the prayer room. See, that approach must change because if we don't get a younger generation to fall in love with Jesus and fall in love with prayer, then our spirituality, the spirit of God will diminish in an apostolic church. Hallelujah. Amen. See, you cannot approach things the exact same way. We cannot just expect to show up because we got Pentecost on the sign that Pentecost will happen in this house. We have to have more than Pentecost on the sign on the building. But Pentecost must be in our hearts. The Bible says that John answered and said unto them, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I that, that is coming, the shoes I'm not even able to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. See, we cannot be a church that says we want the spirit, but we don't want the fire. Paul talks about this. He says you're going to have a form of godliness, but you're going to deny the power thereof. He said from such, turn away. Don't have anything to do with those people. I'm determined in my life this year and going forward that I cannot position myself around people that do not have the fire of God. I cannot position myself around people that don't appreciate and want the fire of God. Because it's one thing to look holy. It's one thing to act like you holy, but it's a whole nother thing to be holy. And I want to be around people that don't just have the Holy Ghost, but I want the fire of the living God. Hallelujah. And so it's important. You've got to change the way you think. You've got to change the way you speak. You've got to change your entire approach. Because if we don't change our approach, then we will have a form of godliness. And we won't have the power of God. Because as I said this morning, there's a lot of people that now accept Pentecost, but we must accept the fire. See, we, we, we must, see, it's interesting because the scripture, it explicitly separates the two words. It says Holy Ghost and fire. 
And see, there's a lot of places that enjoy the Holy Ghost. That means they enjoy the things of God. They enjoy the moving. They enjoy the filling of it. But see, a lot of people don't enjoy the fire. Why is that? Why? Because fire is a purifier. Fire burns. Fire hurts. You don't purposely just jump in fire, not in your right mind. You don't purposely just put yourself on fire, not in your right mind. And see, that's what the fire does. We, we, we have to have more of God. I, I, I want more of him. And, and, and so we have to have the mindset in this house to have more of him. So what I'm simply saying is, is that you and I going through the motions of life. Remember, I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about your Monday tomorrow. I'm talking about your Tuesday next week. I'm talking about just going through motions, expecting God just to show up in your life, expecting the fire to fall in your life. No, we must take a totally different approach. How do I see myself? Do I have the Holy Ghost and do I want the fire? That means do I want correction? That means do I want instruction? That means do I want guidance? That means do I want to be led by the Spirit at all times? Because I just don't want to come and jump in here and then be depressed on Tuesday. But I want to go home still full of the fire of God. Amen. So do I have anyone in this house that wants the fire of God? There's a lot of directions I can go right now that I feel in my spirit, uh, but I'm just going to stick down this certain vein. I'm just going to ask that question one more time. Is there anybody in this house that really wants the fire of God? Listen to me now, because it takes change. It takes a mindset change. Please be seated. I want you to understand this. See, see Brother Reed, I'm going to give you a natural and a spiritual example. See, when I was playing sports, I didn't have a lot of college offers my freshman, sophomore, and junior year. I didn't have a lot of offers. And I wanted to have college offers. I wanted to be able to go to college on an athletic scholarship. So I made a choice the summer of my junior year that I was going to work harder than I ever worked before. So I was determined to do that. Now, a couple of things. God opened up a few doors for me as well. He allowed me to play on a traveling. It's called AAU, a traveling basketball team. He allowed me to, to open up a door, and I was able to play for that, and that got my name exposed. But during the summer, I would work so hard. I'm talking about I would leave my house early in the morning, get on a bicycle, drive all the way to the near, or excuse me, ride my bike all the way to the nearest uh, park. And then I would work for hours. I'm talking hours. I didn't care how hot it was. I didn't care how cold it was. It can be raining. I would do everything I could because I wanted to go to college. And I knew that if I didn't get a scholarship, my parents were not able to pay for college. So I worked and worked and worked and worked so hard. Some of may say, well, why didn't you just do the same thing in the books? No, basketball. I worked and worked so hard. To make sure that I was going to get that scholarship. I improved my game so much. I gained 15 pounds of muscle mass in one summer. 
I stayed in the gym. I stayed working out. I stayed eating right. I, I disciplined myself to the point to where by the middle of my senior year, I had multiple offers from a lot of different colleges. All because of the work that I put in. Now, fast forward my life, and now I'm called into the ministry. Now I'm traveling. Now I'm preaching here and there. But a lot of doors weren't being opened for me. And I remember getting on my knees one night, hear me now, praying and said, Lord, if you opened up all those doors for me in the natural, I know that you can open up doors for me in the spirit. So I said these words out of my mouth. I said, Lord, expand my territory. And God spoke back these simple words for me. He said, why don't you expand your relationship with me and I will expand your territory. It was in that moment when God reminded me of the hours that I put in for basketball. He said, if you can put in all that time for a sport, why can't you put in that time for me? So I began to pray and he began to move on me and I began to put hours of prayer, hours of reading, hours of fasting. I wasn't picking up a phone call trying to call anybody. I was just trying to get a hold of Jesus Christ. And every time it was that particular summer when God opened up more doors for me than he's ever opened in my life. There were more people baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. There were more people filled with the Holy Ghost that summer than any other years combined. In one service, I remember we had 11 people go down in the name of Jesus Christ. We had 13 people filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost all in one service. Why did that happen? Because I changed my approach. I changed the way I thought, so I had to change the way that I act. And I'm trying to tell this church, if you don't change your lifestyle, nothing will change in your life. So someone here today needs to get a hold of the fire of God. Stop patty kicking around and make up your mind that you're going to live for Jesus. So that means if I got to show up early, I'm going to show up early. That means I'm telling you, the prayer room should be more packing this day than it's ever been before. Churches should be more packing this day than it's ever been before. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I shouldn't have to beg you. I shouldn't have to pump and prime you. I shouldn't have to push you. But something on the inside of you ought to cause you to move. Because I just don't want to have Pentecost on the sign. I want to have Pentecost in my heart. There's a lot of churches that got a lot of signs, but that don't mean they got that in the building. And that doesn't mean it's in your heart. Because you can call yourself a child of God. That don't mean you live like a child of God. Amen. And the coming of the Lord is too soon, my friend. I said it's too soon, my friend. I'm thankful for all of them that are being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, having a desire to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We have a young lady tonight that wants to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. 
The beauty of it is, though, is that this young lady came to me and said, I want to be re-baptized. I said, well, you were already baptized before. Help me understand so that I can understand why you want to do this. Well, you were teaching this morning, Pastor, and you said that if someone was baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that they were baptized incorrectly. They must be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, which is the name of Jesus Christ. Because Luke 24, 47 says repentance and remission of sins should be preached in all nations in his name. And it's going to start at Jerusalem. And when I heard you say that, I realized that I was baptized the wrong way. So tonight, I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you some church, you get what you preach, you get what you preach, you get what you preach, and I want the Holy Ghost and fire. I want the Holy Ghost and fire. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> It should be common in this church for people to run. It should be common in this church for people to leap. It should be common in this church for people to dance. Hallelujah. I said it should be common. Amen. I'm telling you, we're getting close to the last days. Why are we trying to be so cute now? Y'all, see, this, this is not going to win uh, uh, too many pats on the back here, but you will cute yourself right to hell. I know you don't like that comment, but I'm, I'm just going to talk to you and keep it real with you because I, I'd rather be a pastor that tells you the truth to your face. You can cute yourself right out of his will. No, uh-uh. No, see, what, what separates you and I is the fire of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Young child asks his mom, he said, Mama, why are all these folks moving all the time, jumping all the time? Why, why are they always running and they always moving? The mama looked at the boy and said, well, I never seen nobody on fire that sat still. Sometimes I wonder, Lord, I know they got the Holy Ghost, but do they have the fire? Because that person ain't moved in three weeks. I mean, they can't even move ahead. I mean, just fall asleep on me. Just go like this. Oh, they're alive. Praise God. Just do something to let me know that you still have a joy of the Lord. Do something to show us that you still love Jesus. Do you still love him? Is he still the head of your life? Is he still the one uh, that has brought you out? Uh, well, I don't care uh, what you think about me, uh, but I've got joy, uh, unspeakable joy, uh, and it's full of glory. Uh, I wonder if I can get 15 people uh, to leap to your feet uh, and begin to magnify the name uh, of Jesus. Hallelujah. I hope you don't need music. I hope you don't need music. But I wonder if somebody will feel the power of the Holy Ghost and begin to worship the name of Jesus.
church, I'm done preaching. Singers, you can come. We can't go back to normal. You hear me? Normal's not coming back. 2019 is gone. It's gone. It's not coming back. And I know how some of you live. This is not prophetic. I don't want you to think I'm prophesying. I just know some of your lifestyles. And some of our lifestyles were not affected by the, by the, uh, by, by the, uh, is, is unnorm a word? Amen. That's an eddyism. Unnorm. My wife will correct me later. I can't think of the right word. The what? That's it? Praise God, some educated people. I told you I got a basketball scholarship now, okay? It wasn't academic. Yeah, well, this, this, is, this is abnormal. And so, and so because we have such a normal circle and bubble, we think, hey, come on, everything's just back to routine. No, 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 no. We have a world out there that's hurting. Do you, do you see all the mass shootings happening over and over? Do y'all pay attention to that stuff? Do, do you see everything brewing all back up? It's brewing all back up. People are losing their lives left and right. The mass shootings, the, the confusion, the doubt, chaos, racism, all these things is brewing. Church, we can't be normal. Are you hearing me? We cannot afford to be normal. I'm not, Sister Rhoda, I'm not telling you to go down the street and do cartwheels because you'll do it. So calm down right now. When I'm talking about not being normal, I'm saying your mindset has to change. The way you think has to change. God has blessed you all with a home here in West Lafayette. And I thank the Lord for that. But you cannot walk into that neighborhood with the same mindset you had in Logan Sports. You have to say, Lord, give me the mind that I need for right now. Give me the mind that I need right now. Because two years ago's actions aren't going to work today. It's not going to work. Our world has changed and you're trying to be normal? That's having a form of godliness, but you're denying the power. If you want the fire of God, that means you're being led by that fire. Do we want to be a church of just feeling goosebumps and feeling good, go home and say, well, you did a good job. Thank you for preaching, Brother Robinson. Amen. Somebody in this church said, boy, that choir did so good, we didn't even need to preach it. I ain't going to say who said that, but I'm going to talk to him later about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He know who it is. I'm just messing with it. He, oh, it wasn't him, by the way. It wasn't him. We, we, we can't just have this, oh, there are people hungry here right now. There's somebody here tonight that is hungry, that's been searching for the fire. 
There's somebody in this building that came here expecting something different. They didn't come here for something normal. They could have went back to their church for normal. But when you come into an apostolic, Pentecostal, Holy Ghost field, fire baptized church, there is something that is 